0: Lucas has already prayed for the sermon, so we can start directly. And as I have told last week, we will look at only four words from Romans, one verse 17, which is the word from Luther and from the Reformation time. So we are in the book of Romans and the chapter is chapter 1 and the verse is verse 17. So for in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last just as it is written the righteous will live by faith. And as Luther has said sola gratia only by grace Sola Fide, only by faith. Sola Scriptura, only by the scripture. And Sola Christus, only by Christ. So by grace alone, by faith alone, by the scripture alone, and by Christ alone. That is how Luther summarized this verse. The righteousness is the most important and the righteous will live by faith. So the core question of this justification is how can the relationship between God and man which has been disturbed by sin be brought back into order? What is crucial for this to happen? Will it happen by God given grace alone or will it happen because of man's goods work, good works. The doctrine of justification answers that man cannot earn anything before God through his own achievements, through good, work, good works, merits, or anything else. The relationship between man and God, which was disturbed by sin, is restored by God only only by God. Out of his free will, God turns to man in grace. And a person's good works are then the fruit and the result of faith. Around 500 years ago, Martin Luther recognized in his study in the Tower of the Black Monastery in Wittenberg that what one cannot live up to God's claims through good deeds as it was wrongly taught by the church in Luther's time but that one must trust God's grace and depend entirely on God's grace this is a true and liberating message of the gospel which Paul was not ashamed of but Paul gave his life to reach as many as possible with this liberating message of Jesus Christ. And that is what we talked about last week. But right at the beginning of the new church, the church of Jesus Christ, there were again and again false teachings. And these false teachings taught righteousness by works and not by faith alone. We can see this, for example, in the epistle to the Galatians where it says, Oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. This alone I want to know from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by faith in what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? In the Old Testament, righteousness came by works. Therefore, and more precisely, the Christians of Jewish background who relapsed back into the legalism which they knew from Old Testament times. And they taught that good works and good deeds are equally necessary for salvation and many centuries later the church also taught a righteousness by works. One had to earn and had to buy salvation. For example, one could buy so-called letters of indulgence to blot out sins and a large portion of the church buildings which are still admired today were co-financed as a result. The church in Luther's time was far off from biblical truth. But even today, the congregations and the individual Christian are in danger of becoming legalistic, both in terms of salvation and of Christian life. Therefore, it is of tremendous importance that we understand righteousness by faith as it is taught in the New Testament. I will use Luther's principles because they do both. They emphasize the incredible grace of God and they reveal the wrong thinking and the wrong actions that are still in our minds today. So it starts with sola gratia, by grace alone. The fact that people believe in God and that they receive a share in his kingdom is a gift from God himself. He accepts people, he accepts people out of his sheer fatherly divine goodness out of his mercy, without any of my merit or worthiness. In the case of grace, all human cooperation is excluded. So it is extra nos, as Luther says. This is Latin and it means grace is outside of us. cannot produce grace. We can just receive grace. Grace comes from without us. Man cannot produce it, man can only receive it. Not even great transgressions can prevent the effect of grace, which is always greater than anything that man could forfeit. And in Romans 5:20 it says, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Nothing in us that separates us from God is greater than the grace of God wanting to save us. That is amazing grace. And then we have sola fide faith means by faith alone. And faith means letting go. Letting go of ourself and trusting with a steadfast hope that God's promises are true and that they will be fulfilled. Even this ability, the ability to let go of our own ideas, to let go of our own selves, even the ability to hope is Ultimately, a gift of grace. In John one twelve, we read, But to all who received Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe on his name. So by faith alone, God grants wanting and accomplishing. Sola Scriptura, through scripture alone. The gospel alone reveals God's righteousness and helps people to believe. No further teaching of the church is needed. For Luther, the texts of the Bible are texts that can change people's lives because they contain the message of healing, the message of salvation, and the message of redemption. Solus Christus. Through Christ alone, only Christ could break the power of sin and death. In Christ, God came to human beings to free them from all bondages. Jesus Christ is therefore the only mediator between God and man. Other mediators, such as saints or priests, are Not needed, as we read in First Timothy chapter two, verse five, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. The righteousness of God revealed through the Gospel speaks not of the holy righteousness of God, which condemns the guilty sinner but of the godlike righteousness given to the sinner when he puts his trust in Jesus Christ. And John 3.17 it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. God, or in Jesus, God gives his righteousness to us in order that we can live in a relationship with him again. Justice. William Barclay, a teacher of the Bible, explains the meaning of the ancient Greek word dikaiou, with double O, -O D-I-K-A-I-O-O, which means that I am justified. And all the words derived, this is a word derived from which means such justice. And he explains that all verbs in Greek ending on this double O always mean to treat or to regard person as something. So when God justifies a sinner, it doesn't mean God looks for any reason in order to prove that the sinner was right far from it. It doesn't even mean here that God makes the sinner a good person. It means instead that God treats the sinner as if he had never been a sinner at all because he puts his righteousness on that person. I think God has a far better picture of us than we have of ourselves. We know what God has saved us from and what he has redeemed us from. We still see the dirt many times and it shames us. But God has erased our sin. It is no longer there for him. He has chosen to forget it completely. We have been washed clean with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We stand holy and blameless before our Heavenly Father. To God we are not ex-sinners, but we are saints. God is not like the world. He doesn't feel and act like we human beings do. You probably know the saying, once a prison inmate, you are always a prison inmate. Or in slang, once a con, always a con. Once you've been in prison, you'll always be seen as an ex-con, maybe even be titled that way. It doesn't matter if you have changed your life, you are still the one in the eyes of those around you who was in jail. And people may even give you a chance. Yes, even they may try to trust you. But with the people, there rests a rest of mistrust. A rest of mistrust remains against the ex-prison inmate. But with God, there are no ex-sinners, no ex-cons, no ex-drug addicts, no ex adulterer but to all who received Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe on his name, God puts his righteousness on the man who believes in Jesus and makes this man his child. And he regards him as his child. We have to learn to accept ourselves as God sees us. Not how the world sees us not how we see us, that is not important, but how God sees us, that is what matters. Isn't that one of the biggest problems that we have as Christians? That we struggle over and over again, thinking and feeling that we are not good enough, doubting whether God really accepts us as we are, that God accepts others and uses others, but he can't use me, that my sin disqualifies me even though it is forgiven, that God is still disappointed about me, that he is still mad at me, that we are not holy enough for him. How often do we condemn ourselves? How often do we sit in despair about our Christian life? How often do we feel that we must earn God's favor? Do you see yourself in these thoughts, in these feelings? God's righteousness, which you have received through faith in Jesus Christ, tells you this. You are perfect. You are blameless. You are without blemish. You are beautiful. You are useful for God's work. You are capable and you are qualified for God's calling. God looks at you unconditionally, full of love, full of joy and full of enthusiasm. Take it, that's the truth. Don't believe everything that you feel and think. Satan loves to put lies in your mind and put you down confront your own thoughts with God's truth. That's the only way how you can overcome them. Our verse says in the gospel righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. And it says, from faith to faith. Faith in Jesus Christ becomes the foundation of those who are justified. You have been declared righteous by God. Verily. The righteous shall live by faith. They are not only saved by faith, they live by faith. Justification by faith is the beginning of life as a Christian and it must always remain the basis of life. Faith alone matters. It doesn't say you have to work then. First you receive salvation by faith and then you have to work. No. It says faith by faith. It does not say from faith to works. It does not say from works to faith. But it says from faith to faith. The works we do as believers will not make us more righteous. The works should be a fruit of faith. Just a natural fruit. If we live by faith in Jesus and have a living relationship with him, then good works will naturally arise from this faith. There is no other way. If you plant a seed in the ground, I'm sure you did it, if you water it, if you take care of it, this seed will grow. The seed will grow into a beautiful plant with lots of fruit. And likewise, And living with Jesus, if we take Jesus, so the seed, into our life, and if we spend time with him, we pray, we seek him, we worship him, we read his word, we meditate upon his word, which means we water the seed and we care for the seed, then Jesus will always be bigger in us. His serving and his loving nature will be ours. His serving and loving nature will be ours. And good works and much fruit will be the result. That's what we also talked about last week. By the Holy Spirit, Jesus wants to fill us completely and he wants to work through us. When he is in us and fills us completely, then we will automatically do good works. So, in the church, in the congregation, there's never a lack of good works or cooperation, but rather there's only a lack of faith. Faith is the start, faith is the way, and faith is the goal. The righteous will live by faith. Sola fide, by faith alone. Because Latin, I like it. One more Latin word. Soli Deo Gloria. What does it mean? Some of you know. Soli Deo Gloria. Glory to God alone. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your unbelievable grace, amazing grace. We praise you because you come to us and you give your grace to us. You accept us in your grace. I thank you that by your Son and on the cross you have brought the righteousness which we can accept we are made clean by the blood of Jesus and the righteousness of Jesus you have put on me and on all of us and we cannot add anything to that except to believe and to receive your grace and we praise you Lord and we thank you and we praise you thank you for this message which which is so liberating which sets us free and we know this message but still we have problem to fall back into legalism we want to prove ourselves we want to res- we want to earn the grace which cannot be earned it's only the living relationship to you which gives The good works, everything will come out of that, out of the faith, out of the relationship to you. We want to accept you more and more. We want to receive your word more and more. We want to live in your word more and more. We want to claim the promises that you gave and go with you. Thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you that you give the wanting and also the fulfillment the accomplishing thank you that it's your work which made this all possible Thank thank you Jesus Amen